0: Welcome to the CODcast. I'm Bruce Mole from Commonwealth Magazine, and today we're taking the temperature of the Republican Party in Massachusetts. With me are two members of the party who staked out interesting positions in recent op-eds. Todd Taylor, a Republican state committeeman who recently won a seat on the Chelsea City Council, and Ed Lyons, a Bay State Republican activist and political writer. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Great to be here. It's good to be back. Todd, let's start with you. Many are often dismissive of the small size of the state GOP in this deep blue state we're in. But in your recent piece, you suggested the party began building from the ground up in the recent elections. Why don't you explain what that means? So
1: I think that, uh, you know, in the past, uh, for about the past 30 years or so, The Republican Party has um, really concentrated on trying to win the corner office in Massachusetts and putting all of its uh, uh, eggs in in that basket. And I think that because we find ourselves in such a hole um, because of this strategy over the last 30 years, um, you know, we decided that we had to build a farm team. We had to start at the municipal level and try to get people elected to to office at the municipal level so that we have um, better candidates going into state rep races, state Senate races. And, uh, you know, it takes time.
0: And, Ed, your piece looked at the Republican Party in a little different way. Uh, You focused on a relatively new super PAC that was set up and has some affiliation with Governor Charlie Baker. And it was active in these most recent municipal elections as well. Um, what, what do you, 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 sort of insinuated in your piece that Baker may be forming a, or this group may be forming a third political party. What, what do you mean by that? So the mass GOP right now without Shai Baker is the Rhode Island Republican Party
2: which hasn't let anybody to the statewide or federal office in many, many years. It fights over a very small number of seats. It gets no money or attention. It's more or less dead in terms of affecting Rhode Island state politics, and everyone who wants to affect Rhode Island state politics you know, becomes a Democrat or puts resources into the Democratic Party, and they fight over it. So that's what it would be with that's why i make it right now. Uh, I'm very happy 15 people won for the parties promoting uh, local seats, and that is a rounding error for thousands of municipal positions all across the state. It's a great thing that Todd won in Chelsea. He's, he cares about Chelsea. I'm glad he won. That has nothing to do with our viability as a statewide organization. And the problem is, is that if we have a state party that's all about Trump and the vices of the president instead of the virtues of Shia Baker, those tiny number of people who won municipal office have nowhere to go. I, I was elected to town meeting in my town, but I mean, they would never elect me a state representative as a Republican unless I had some sort of huge support or something like that. So my, my point was that Baker has all this power and money and network around him and how does that create a moderate Republican brand that people will actually vote for to create changes will help the state rather than the mass GOP, which is very much focused on national politics and Donald Trump and has turned off most people, I think?
0: So that remark sort of, Todd Senna, went a few steps ahead of where I was, I think. It is true that the state Republican Party under Jim Lyons, no relation to you, right? To, no, not to me either. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Not, no relation. But uh, uh, so – so under Jim, it has been very pro-Trump and in its statements very very much... Keep, uh, keep in mind, it's it's been less than a year since Jim Lyons uh, has been
1: uh, elected chair of the mass GOP. And I would ask Ed, um, for the time that Charlie Baker has been in power and had, had complete control of the party, what did he achieve in, in expanding um, the GOP other than his own victory? Um, mass GOP raised... $10 million. Uh, and the only person who won basically was Charlie Baker. So that's not a great, um, track record, I would say. And if we want to do something other than elect Republican governors, uh, to make deals with Democrat legislatures, you know, we better start doing something different.
0: So that was a reference to, uh, let's just take a step back for our listeners. Uh, Previously, Charlie Baker and the Republican Party were sort of joined at the hip in terms of raising money, and it was a very beneficial relationship for both to a certain degree. Now, Baker is sort of going off with this super PAC he's affiliated with, and is probably going to be raising money for that PAC, seemingly with the goal of of helping Democrats and Republicans, not just Republicans. And uh, so Todd's making a point that Maybe he's drifting away from her. I don't know. We,
1: I mean, let's put it this way. Conservatives have basically had no place in the party um, for a long, long time. Um, conservatives have been basically ostracized. I know conservative members of the state committee, um, you know, had absolutely no place at the table. I was a member of the executive committee, still am, under the last uh, administration administration. And, uh, you know, it was all pre- – everything was preordained. There was really no discussion about anything. Um, it was all one way, and there were some really poor decisions made. So, you know, I think that conservatives deserve a chance uh, to see what we can do, and I think we're doing
0: it. So – but when you say that, wh- where does the governor fit in in that? Well, look, I think that – Ed and I, I think, agree on this – I think
1: um correct me if I'm wrong Ed but we want to be a big tent party. I certainly every time I've had an opportunity to vote for Charlie Baker, I voted for Charlie Baker. And that includes at the convention. Um so the problem is not really with conservatives not wanting to embrace Charlie Baker. Um that is true with some conservatives that they 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 feel that Charlie just hasn't been, you know, Republican enough, mm-hmm. um, but I think the vast majority um, gave Charlie Baker a chance, wanted to be a big tent party, and uh, the problem wasn't with conservatives; it was it was with you know Charlie's people that didn't want to really take our our outstretched hand in a lot of ways. So, you know, we get we get blamed for an awful lot, but we haven't really had much power to do anything. Uh, except for the last
2: uh, ten months,
0: you know, what, Ed. What do you? What, what's your thoughts?
2: Well, you guys did draft the platform that say gay marriage is valuable. You guys have had control over a lot of little things. Your candidates lose all the time. Jeff Deal got humiliated by Elizabeth Warren. I could go on and on and on. Jim Lanz has been our party chairman for only a year, but in that year, Republican administration has dropped to the lowest point in state history. Steve Casella, our state's best pollster, whose office is down the hall, has said, if we have any few Republicans, we will no longer show up as a crosstab in polling results where the sample size is less than 500. Imagine, our opinions won't even be registered anymore because there's too few of us in the state because everybody's fleeing Donald Trump in this state. But, so I think, I think who's that... F- whose fault is that? I mean, come on. Conservatives have had
1: zero... Uh, and there 's lots of reasons you know for for people losing um, lack of support from the party is one thing um, sure. so 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 you know it 's completely unfair for you to for you to make these kinds of assertions um, you know where I come from if you 're in control of something, you own it, and the last election, Kirsten Hughes had to resign because the results were so abysmal and
2: that 's on that 's on them, yeah, so we did so we haven 't been able to build the number of state legislators in in Boston since the Governor took power, and I guess you could say the fact that fewer people lost in the blue wave, the blue wave, blue wave that was about Donald Trump which caused the blue wave to happen. There'll be another blue wave in 2020. And, let, you know, I think now that Jim Lyons owns the party, let's hold him accountable for what happens in 2020. I think that's more important than 15 people winning in nonpartisan elections, where you don't actually have to use your party name. I can't imagine judging the health of a party based on elections where nobody has to run in the party. I think that's absurd. I think we'll see what happens in 2020. I hope we can somehow gain more seats, defend some seats. I can't imagine that happening at all. We are simply on the wrong path. And yes, the governor hasn't been able to grow the number of representatives the way he does have many candidates, um, but perhaps he's prevented us from losing summit. It doesn't mean that under Baker we'll thrive. I'm just certain we're going to die if you go on the path we're on right now. You- Ed, Ed, I can tell you one thing.
1: Everybody in Chelsea knows I'm a Republican. It's touted by my, by my uh, opponents all the time. He's a Republican, he's a Republican, he's a Republican. Every time I'm introduced to somebody in Chelsea by some of my Democrat friends, it's always, oh, this is Todd Taylor. This is our resident Republican. So you know, I'm sure everyone in Taunton knows that Sean O'Connell is a Republican. So, you know, this whole kind of argument about, you know, oh it's a nonpartisan race and and you're hiding from it, it's the it's the candidates that didn't hide who they were that got elected. Um, some of the ones that that kind of ran away from who they were didn't didn't really get elected.
2: Like who? We know these people, Todd. Who didn't do that? Who who didn't who, do who that? Who hid from their we know these people, who hid from their identity?
1: Well, I mean, I think you can look at the race in Melrose for instance. I mean, you know, Monica didn't really want a
0: lot of uh tell help us, from the mass GOP. Tell us a little bit more about the Melrose race you're talking about for the So Monica
1: Madero's who I love and she's she's a great person and uh she's uh she's run valiantly uh in in another blue area. But uh you know, she's one of the uh races that was helped by the uh, mass majority pact that, that did not win
0: the mass majority pact just <clears throat> keep everyone up on the up and up that's the uh, pact that superpact's affiliated right. with governor baker yes right. sorry so um you know
1: I, I i think that i think that winning first th- this is a long-term process so ed saying oh well if republicans don't take over in 2020 throw the bums out right This is a long-term process for digging ourselves out of a hole, which we did not dig. And by we, I'm saying conservative Republicans. We have not had control of the party for 30 years. Now we finally do, and we're going to make some changes. And we already are. We're putting time and resources into actually getting out there, knocking on doors statewide, standing up and making an argument. Um, So... This has not been done for 30 years, and it's the reason why we find ourselves, you know, with 10 percent registration.
0: So one thing I I feel like with Jim Lyons, you know where he stands. There's no question about that. Um, With Charlie Baker, now you said you've – whenever he's on the ballot, you're voting for him. But he does seem to be at odds with – I mean, here's a good example. Jim Lyons, he he campaigned, I think, for Jim Lyons when he was running for state rep And Jim Lyons campaigned for him. Correct, and they both said glowing things about each other. Correct. But they differ dramatically in their politics.
1: Yeah, on on a whole host of issues, but I think that there's also a lot of agreement. And what I would say, and what I have said in the past to my fellow conservatives regarding Charlie Baker, is that, you know, if, if you live, you know in Worcester County, where it's a little bit more red, you know, it's a little bit different than from my perspective, where I live in Chelsea, where there's 5% Republicans. For me, as a state committee man trying to grow the party, trying to get people interested in Republican ideas and voting Republican, Charlie Baker is training wheels for those people. So, mm. so for me, I'm 100% in favor of a big tent party. We need... Charlie Baker Republicans in the party. The problem is a lot of Charlie Baker Republicans, like Ed, don't want us in the party, and that's really where the where the conflict,
2: um, you know, is. Where it is. Yeah, I, I have never tried to boot these people out of the party ever. Um, I've always said in the tent. I wanted Jim Lyons to win. I actually wanted Todd to win. Not, Todd's run before. I've actually wanted Todd to win the race in Chelsea because he really cares about Chelsea. Look at all the things he's done in Chelsea over the years. That's way more important than his partisan identity in this particular case. But that's the exception that proves the rule. A Big Ten party, it matters who's at the door, who welcomes people. There are gateway issues. All issues aren't Aren't the same. Like, yes, I think Jim Lyons and Charlie Baker agree on a whole bunch of things. Maybe they agree on transit policy. No, Lyons never talks about transit, housing, the environment, healthcare, the things people actually care about. He talks about Trump, the National Party, a whole bunch of other things nobody cares about. Uh, We need a party that actually runs on the issues that matter to the state. We need a party that accepts the data we have about who the state is, what they vote for, what they want. The Master P is not a long term project. On this trajectory, nobody will care what the mass GOP believes in about four or five years. We'll be like the Green Party, where they have meetings. They talk about, we knocked on doors, whatever, whatever. Todd, you've been knocking on doors for many, 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 many years. You don't have enough money to knock on doors all across the state because the party's fundraising is doing this. I'm using my hand to go down like this. And without, mass, without ma- mass victory, there's no huge infusion of cash coming to help the efforts that you want to do, even if they are righteous, and I don't think that a lot of times they are.
1: Can, 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 I, can I just answer that? Um, because you know what ed says in a lot of in a lot of ways is technically true so mass victory did was a vehicle for raising money but the question isn't raising the money the question is how was that money used and what were the results to me it's an epic failure of of uh, you know it, it's a historic failure to raise that much money and to have Absolutely nobody win except Charlie Baker. Now, I've got I've got uh, just
0: but some statistics. T- t- let me ask you though. Yeah, y- you were talking about Massachusetts majority. Yeah. Well, I thought no, no Mass, no, mass mean, victory. Mass mass oh, I'm sorry,
2: I, I got it backwards. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry mass, about that. Mass victory. Okay. By the so, way, for your viewers, is a joint federal and state fundraising effort that was in place from about 2010 until about a year ago. That's right. Re- just your viewers. Sorry, that's what it is. S- sorry
1: correct. for interrupting. Yeah. So. Um, for instance, you can take the example in the, in the 2018 election in the 13th Essex. This is when uh, Mark Messina uh, was running against Ted Speliotis, okay. Messina got zero from the state party. He lost by 572 votes, okay? The number of people who voted in the 2016 GOP primary was 1,717. In the general turnout of 2016, it was 3,038. In the general of 2018, it was 2,444, right? Which was a difference of 594 votes, okay? Mm -hmm. 594 votes just in the GOP, not counting any independents or right-leaning independents. His margin of defeat was 572 votes. So, here's an example of a race that was very, very winnable. But guess what? Mark Mazzina got zero from the party.
2: That's actually not true. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah.
1: So, so what? What Ed's gonna? Uh, what Ed's gonna say? So basically, sorry, he didn't get zero. He got fourteen hundred dollars. <throat>
2: That's not zero. I thought you had the papers with you, Todd. 14, Please read the cue cards. $1,400.
1: Okay. So Ted Spiliotis uh, raised 60, over, almost $62,000. Hmm. So here's a race, an example of a race that was very, very winnable, and the party basically lifted not a finger to help.
2: Yeah, that, so, about that, That's absolutely untrue. But I th- let's use his race why? as an example. Say, say why. I will. I've been friends with Mark for years. Mark uh, Todd knows that I've been friends with Mark. We actually discussed Mark's race on my Facebook page. But let's use him as an example of what I think you might want to say. So Mark Mazzina almost won. Even in this terrible turnout model, he almost won. He did way better than, than anybody thought. I think he even did better than he thought. But he really worked his tail off in that district as a Danvers town meeting member. And I was so impressed with what he did. The party did help him. In lots of different ways. Money, non money. He said publicly the fact that he's very grateful that the party helped him the way that it did. It's more useful Todd's argument to pretend that the party abandoned him, but that's not actually what happened. Why not ask Mark? On Facebook tonight, I, mean, Todd, I haven't asked let's, Mark. On Facebook tonight, why do not? I'm good friends I, with Mark too. Why so actually you know. ask him. So but that's a good example. So why did Mark lose? Mark lost because of a turnout mile. People were so angry at Trump the turnout mile was so crazy that, that that Mark Mark would have won. Four, year, four years ago or six years from now, the fact that the turnout model killed him, he would have won but for that. I'm not sure that another $1,000 or some Merrimack street would have actually elected him. We don't actually know that. It's easier to say he got swamped like everybody else. And isn't it tragic the fact that he didn't win?
1: All you had to do was pull out those 594 GOP voters.
2: That's all you had to do.
1: You had no and knowledge
2: th- about who they were, what their motivation was. You cannot... Ed, Come on, man. I mean, come on.
0: But let me ask you, Ed, the, <laughs> this mass victory, the perception I have of it is probably you not a mass majority.
2: No, I'm talking about mass mass
0: victory. My perception of that—that that that was a Charlie Baker run operation through the Republican Party, and. and a lot of the money went to whatever he wanted it to it, go to. It started
2: off as a Scott Brown operation, to be honest, how Mass Victory, mass victory began. It was a way to do field work where there would be offices and you could go there and volunteer. They raised a ton of money. It did all kinds of things. It was, most people, when they volunteered for the party, was doing kind of a Mass Victory thing rather than a Merrimack Street thing in terms of what, they, what actually happened on the ground. And you're right. Baker's people were more or less running it or feeding it with donors and all that. So it became a Baker operation, even though it was not originally. It was really a party operation, to so, be perfectly honest. So,
1: so, so basically it was a place where um, people could gather and go help their, you know, go make phone calls and, and uh, you know, meet in order to go door knocking or whatever. So the problem with it is, is that Mass Victory in reality was merely a fundraising uh, operation. As far as elections go, was more or less a Potemkin village. There was, you you know, it was always touted. We have forty mass victory offices across the state. Okay, you go into thirty-five of those, and they're empty, except for the kid that the mass GOP hired to sit there. So, while I while I you know, (laughs) congratulate them for opening the offices, you got to have volunteers. You have to have people boots on the ground um, to try to win these elections. And, you know, we I could name election after election after election that was close. And Republicans lose because they don't have the boots on the ground um, to compete with, you know, Democrats bringing in union people or, you know, whatever other activists, you know, they have. So, you know, I think that we really need to take these things into account when, we're trying to talk about how to move the mass GOP forward. For me, it's we got to basically start over because for 30 years now we have a huge hole that we've been dug, uh, and they've basically done nothing except try to win the corner office. And I think I think the listeners understand exactly what I, what I'm saying is true. I mean, there 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 are explanations for why we find ourselves. Uh, you know,
2: in, in this predicament. The primary reason this is happening is because our views do not match the views of people in the state on gateway issues, the fact that we are not competitive with the Democratic Party in terms of money or power. The Democratic world has a huge amount of basis of power, fundraising, dollars, huge amounts of money, all different candidates. They have this vast world, and they're... they're they're intertwined in the civic fabric of the state in terms of nonprofits, media organizations, that they, we are not even close to competitive them in terms of strength. And until we decide to accept the settled gateway issues of the state, gay rights, women's rights, climate change, a whole bunch of things, guns and all that, they're simply not going to listen to us. We're trying to get blood from a stone here. The Conservatives have promised for so many years we're going to have this grassroots army go elect people. You guys are like 4% of the whole state. You must get Democrats to vote for you to win. You must get independents to vote for you to win. And there's no conservative army going to save us in the fact that the majority of the state doesn't agree with you on too many things. So when when I think
1: you, when I think that that what you're saying is, and I agree with part of what you're saying, but you just take it way way too far as usual. Um, I think that we do. We conservatives have, I think, um, not engaged in the public discourse. Uh, In productive ways in the past. Um, And we've kind of vacated the conversation a bit. When what I do in Chelsea is I go in there and I engage. And I engage from a conservative uh, perspective uh, most of the time, and I make my argument as to why, for people on the ground, my argument is better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whether we're talking about housing or or charter schools, or whatever it is, um, you know. I think that Ed's right about this: is that we do need to engage more in the public discourse and challenge some of these ideas. The reasons why uh, Massachusetts is so lopsided is because basically conservatives, you know, haven't really stood up and made an argument on a local on a local level,
2: and uh, you know. I'll use my time to laugh for the next 30 seconds go ahead Bruce
0: Well, I guess. um, I don't know what's so funny about that. Yeah. That that
2: you would believe that that conservatives not engaging with the public, the 8% of the state not engaging with the 92% is the reason why you guys. 92%? What are you talking about? I think roughly 8% of the state consider themselves to be socially conservative. I think. Who said anything about socially conservative? Because social conservatives is what you guys are all about, Todd. We've known each other for many, many years. Come on. Ed,
1: I I, I would not say that (laughs) what I am about is necessarily social conservative. I, I originally came from Arizona. I have a Westerner outlook, kind of a libertarian outlook on a lot of things. What what Ed seems to think is social conservatism is just whether you're pro life or not, and and I think that that's a that's a big mistake. Lots of libertarians, lots of uh, uh, you know, there's lots of diverse thought among people who are pro life. So. You know, it doesn't all boil down to that, Ed. I'm oh, sorry, no, it's, it's other things too,
2: Todd. It's, it's other things too. It starts with being pro-life, which is rejected. You cannot even run pro-life on a statewide basis anymore in the state or for federal office. You can't even do it anymore. Even Scott Brown, Shai Baker, they all made endless pro choice commercials. That is one of the main disqualifying issues for higher office
0: in the state. But wait a minute. I, I got to say about Charlie Baker, um, he's well-liked in the state. He's well—one sure. of the he's most a very, well-liked. He's a very nice guy. He's a very nice guy. <laughs> but he's not— what you think of as a as a Republican these days, in fact, many don't even think he is a republican uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's you, joking. you're even the, suggesting he's breaking away, sort of, from he, the he's Republican
2: Party. That's, that's, that,
1: that, that's Ed's wishful thinking. No,
2: he is not breaking away from the Republican Party. He's breaking away from the leadership. Thank you for admitting that, From the, leadership the of of the, the leadership style. For instance, he opposed Todd Taylor running for the Republican State Committee in 2016. What was your opponent's name? Mike Yakovich?: Something like that. Because Baker decided someone else would be better for the direction of the party. Baker is thoroughly Republican. I wrote a piece in Commonwealth Magazine, what? What most, happened in that race? What? You won hugely. By how much? You won so two I to guess, one. Six, so, 67 yeah, to thirty three. That's exactly right. So
1: so my point is is that, you know, you, you can you can tout all the statistics that you want, but at some point we have to start trying to convince people what's going you know, that our ways are better. We haven't really been doing that.
2: No, you just haven't won the argument.
0: Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, Thanks to our guests, Ed Lyons and Todd Taylor. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again next week.